Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Welcome to the Jerry Ratcliffe Show. I am Chris Graham, and I have the pleasure of introducing Jerry Ratcliffe. And today on the podcast, Jerry, uh, we're going to talk NIL. We're going to talk, uh, you know, all the stuff that most fans uh, think they know a lot about, but uh, probably would have to admit they don't. And we're going to try to learn a little bit more today with our guests. I'll have to be uh, one of those people that confess that I don't know a lot about it. I've read about it, and. Uh... Seen all the uh, back and forth fights amongst coaches and everybody else about it, but I, I don't pretend to know the ins and outs of it. But uh, our our next guest, our special guest, uh, somebody I've known and respected for a long, long time, uh, probably knows all the ins and outs of it because it's part of his business now. So, uh, without further ado, let's bring on Lo Davis. Uh, UVA grad, uh, early 90s, and has uh, been associated with Virginia in, in some form um, over the last uh, 20 years. Uh, About 30, Jerry. I'm, that's I'm right, 30. My, right math, my bath is bad there, 30 years. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, well, Lowe is now executive director of Cavalier Futures, and uh, uh he was uh, with uh, an associate director for uh, VAF, Virginia Athletic Foundation, for 12 years and raised millions and millions of dollars for the Virginia Athletic Program. And uh, prior to that, um, worked with Herman Moore at Herman's uh, uh, company, uh, Catch 84, up in the Detroit area. And uh, now he's just tearing it up for the while he's once again. Uh, Lo, thanks so much for taking some time today. No, thank you, Jerry and Chris, for having me. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, all I have to do is look at my watch, and, and NIL rules and, and news will change. So, uh, so I don't profess to know everything at this minute. Uh, you know, you, you hear every coach that you talk to talk about it being the wild, wild west, and that certainly defines it. Uh, you're sort of a pioneer in in phases of this thing. Um, how crazy is it, Lou? I mean, it, like you said, it, it changes day by day and and nobody's really been able to get a grip on, on everything that's current. Wow, well, you know, Jerry, you mentioned that uh, I was with the VAF for 12 years. And and for me, I, I would have never left that role if I, if I didn't think that this could be done in what we call a uniquely Virginia way. And so, you know, what we've tried to do is, is focus in on what we could do really, really well here at Cavalier Futures and how we can assist our student athletes in a way that best fits them and fits the program. And although we have an indirect relationship with the university, we're a private entity. Um, you know, our goal is to make sure that we stay informed, compliant, and, and really when the dust settles and there's actual governance over this thing, that, uh, you know, our fan base, our administration, our student athletes, our donors can say, you know, Cavalier Futures and UVA did it the right way. So, you know, stay tuned for sure. Um, every day I, I, I read some story from somewhere in the country about um, all, all the, the different changes and, and uh, people trying to keep up with it. Uh, the latest thing, of course, was down in the SEC with Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher getting into a 
uh, quite a cat fight uh, publicly. Um, uh, the SEC has been accused by several other conferences of abusing NIL rules, and uh, you know I, I have no idea, but uh, we've heard a lot of stories and whispers here and there. Uh, sure. What what did you make of all that uh, the other day? That was that was quite a show. <laughs> wow, Chris and I had a chuckle last week. I think when we talked, I said it was kind of like a press conference for you know before an MMA fight, right, or or a heavyweight boxing yeah. match, and you, you kind of wonder, you know, you you felt like for the most part it was real, but you you wonder if it sets the stage for you know that October meeting when Texas A and M and Alabama play and you know, it becomes the hottest ticket in town and it's really about the coaches and not the student athletes. So, you know, I kind of, I kind of laughed at it a little bit. And then obviously we saw Deion Sanders response to it and, and said, coach Saban is, is calling for uh, his, his supporters to step up and raise more money. So, you know, I think it, it, it's really something that is, is very interesting, but to those of us that live in this world here at UVA, it's it's almost hard to imagine that we would ever get caught up into that world. And so, you know, for us, again, we got to keep our eye on the prize and do what's in the best interest of our UVA student athletes and, and which will ultimately impact our UVA program. Um, I did have a conversation with um, someone who runs a collective in the SEC. And this individual said that literally the SEC has weaponized the NIL piece. And so, you know, when they say that, that, that really um, is scary, but at the same time, I know for us here at Cavalier Futures and, and obviously our university of Virginia student athletes and, and the program at large, we know we have to exist in this space. And, and I've said it several times, Jerry, is that, you know, we want to be in a position where we do it and such that our donors, our fan base, uh, administration, they don't have to hold their nose when they talk about student athletes having the ability to make money using their name, image and likeness. And so I think we'll stay true to that. Um, what you hope is that there are others who are not the renegades who get caught up into we've got to do this and we've got to buy a recruit and a recruiting class. And they go out independently and start to do things that um, are against the rule or, or would bring a red flag to the program. So for us, it's about keeping the guardrails on and understanding that we can offer NIL opportunities and help, you know, indirectly the University of Virginia without participating in that wild, wild west. Um, I was watching the Paul Feinbaum show uh, last week, I guess it was. Uh, do you, uh, they had the guy from Miami, the attorney on who is um, supporting <laughs> Miami Catholics <laughs> with the NIL. Uh, That's what they call it these days. And he, huh? he says we're not doing anything illegal. He's an attorney. He knows all the rules. Uh, how watchful an eye do you have to keep on not just the SEC, who's apparently taking this thing to new levels, but inside your own conference, the ACC, with with like with guys like that guy at Miami. Well, and let me interject yeah. real quick. Saul Goodman was an attorney too, Jerry. So I mean. <laughs> I just I just watched the last uh, yeah. installment of Saul Goodman, uh, Better you, you, Call Saul, last night. <laughs> you know he knew he knew all the rules too. I didn't mean you play by him necessarily. <laughs> so go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> no, that's a great point. Well, you know it's it's one of those things where I think we've seen it um, even within UVA and, and football and the transfer portal, right? You know, you had certain student athletes ending up at other schools within the ACC. And, you know, they're posing with pictures with with, you know, 
shoes and gear and everything else. And so um, I, I have had the, the um, ability to talk to some of our coaches at UVA and really for them, it's one of those situations where they're paying attention. Uh, their coaches are out on the road recruiting. NIL is real. It's coming up. Um, they're being asked and questioned about it. But I think for, for us at Kevlar Futures, for the University of Virginia, um, if you can show a historical perspective of student athletes having the ability to earn um, income, then I think it sets the, the table for uh, recruits and, and parents and everybody else wondering, are there opportunities at UVA? But uh, I'll say this real quickly. We, we had, uh, you know, some people write me and call me when this whole London Johnson piece happened and London Johnson did not commit to the University of Virginia. Well, you know, people are saying, well, listen, uh, you're a collective. You, you guys should be paying them. And I, I clearly stated to them, we don't pay recruits and we don't buy recruiting classes. And if student athletes want to enroll here at UVA and, and play for the program and get their degree, then certainly at Cavalier Futures, we can help create some opportunities for them. But until that point, we're, we're not going out and, and trying to offer student athletes uh, money just to come here and play. Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's Big Time Steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat screen televisions tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630. Yeah, that whole thing smelled uh, when it took a turn for the worse. I, I knew something had to be up when uh, he, he called a press conference and then called it off for uh, unknown reasons and then called the second one and didn't even show up. So that's uh, right. I think he, I think he moved his date like three different times, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. Uh, Chris. So low, you and I talked last week, I, I'm still trying to get my head around things too. And so I'll, I'll lay it out this way. I'm sure the average person listening is thinking, okay, there's a student athlete at UVA. There's, you know, whatever program they play for there's Virginia athletics. Um, which last week, the day we talked actually, um, uh, announced a new partnership with the Brander Group, and that has to do with yes. uh, branding opportunities as well for, for student athletes. There are entities like Hook Sports Marketing, which has signed a number of athletes to participate uh, to um, representation contracts. And then there's Cavalier Futures. What does Cavalier Futures do, and how? Uh, what's the interplay, maybe, if there is any, between all those different entities there? Yeah. So Cavalier Futures is, uh, and again, you keep hearing me say uniquely Virginia. We, what we've done here is we've created a marketplace. And so our goal is we don't sign any type of exclusive representation contracts. We don't take any money from the student athlete. So there's no percentage as, as some of the marketing agencies out there are doing. And so our goal is, is to be able to bring student athletes into our marketplace and match them up with individual and corporate partners, right? And so whether those are sponsorship opportunities 
or there may be, you know, a donor who has an affinity for a program that wants to work with that program. And our goal is, is we have to make sure that there is a legitimate fair market value exchange of goods and services in order to make that happen. The other thing that I think is, is pretty unique about what we're doing, and I've, I've actually spoken with uh, institutions and, and people who are wanting to start collectives, is that Cavalier Futures is in a situation where we understand, you know, the top 1%, whether it's the Brennan Armstrongs or the men's basketball team or swim and dive, they're going to generate some, some uh, opportunities to create revenue. But we want to help those that 1%, but we also want to help the other 99%. So not just Brennan Armstrong, but the second string softball player. We want to create opportunities for them. And what we've talked about is both the traditional and non-traditional NIL. And if you take a look at, at my board, you'll see, you know, whether it's a Drew Fox who played lacrosse here and very active with the Virginia Lacrosse Alumni Network, Doug Dunkel, who started the Football Lacrosse uh, Alumni Network. So, or excuse me, Football Alumni Network. If, if you look at individuals like that, they really want to be able to bring in their um, strengths, their business acumen, and teach our student athletes not only financial literacy, but also teach them networking and some skills that they can use for the next 40 years versus making $500 while they're here for four years. So that's really, really important to us. And Jerry, I thought I was going to get in trouble early on. I think it was one of my first interviews. I said, it's okay for a student athlete to hold a hamburger, tweet it out and make 50 bucks, but we want the student athlete to own the hamburger stand. And sure enough, Two weeks later, we did a deal with McDonald's, so it didn't uh, it didn't come back to bite me. So we're all good on that. But just just to put a bow on it, um, you know, all of the pieces work together, Chris, um, the athletic department and what Carla is doing over there is absolutely amazing. Um, she has come into this program. Academics are at an all time high. She's really pushed this master plan. So building uh, a new building is priority number one. You know, we're going to get football done first and then the Olympic sport buildings will follow shortly behind that. So you have to have that in place. You, you bring in um, a championship pedigree coach like Tony Elliott, who is you know used to winning national championships. So she's she's put the spotlight on Virginia athletics. And I think what she's done with the, the Board of Visitors and President Ryan to say it's OK to have a very successful football team. And if you can have a very successful football team, it's going to pay the bills for others. Um, that's OK. And so with what we're doing with NIL, it's just another component um, of a successful athletic program. So, Lou, your experience is interesting. I noted this I wrote a, when I wrote a story last week after our talk. When I, when I look at your bio, I mean, not just your time at the Virginia Athletics Foundation, which is important, but then as a small business person yourself in Charlottesville, your time working with Herman Moore's group in marketing. Um, how do all those experiences come to bear for what you do for Cavalier Futures? Yeah, I had to, to put some oil back on the engine there. I hadn't, hadn't had my marketing hat on for quite some time. So, you know what, it, it's, um, it's reinvigorating for me um, to be able to be in a position for 12 years with the Athletics Foundation and, and support that way. Uh, it, it was really gratifying, but sometimes you know when you know, and, and I felt like there's, there's something else that I can do to make a difference. And so working with our student athletes as they navigate themselves through this whole NIL piece and trying to understand what their value is, 
that that's huge for me. Um, also letting them know not every deal is a good deal. So the mentoring piece of it is, is special as well. You know, Herman's not off the hook. I, I've actually got a call with him and, and his team 84 LLC tomorrow. Um, they're going to partner with us on some really, really cool things in terms of merchandising and collectibles. So that's going to be coming soon. So we're really, really excited about the partnership with Herman and, and team 84. So that goes back 35 years. And, uh, and so the marketing aspect and, and being able to um, build relationships with the local community, we're also really going to be engaged in, in terms of with nonprofits. You know, the Ronald McDonald House is already uh, engaged with us through our relationship with Rick Hendricks and McDonald's. So we're, we're excited about what the future holds. I'm really, really excited about putting my marketing hat back on, but also just building those relationships and connecting our student athletes to the community. And also you can you put the student athlete hat back on too a little bit. You, you were a student athlete at UVA back in your time. Um, yes. So, I mean, you, you walked in their shoes, you walked in these kids shoes uh, and maybe that experience can help as well. Absolutely. Well, I, I thank God about, uh, you know, for Frank McHugh, Dr. McHugh was the reason why I came to UVA um, I got hurt my senior year playing football. My high school football coach brought me here. Doc had me on the table and asked me three different times, do you want to go to UVA? And I finally just said, sure, I do. And, you know, I think it was two weeks later, I got a letter from Coach Womack and, and said, if things go well, I could walk on to the baseball team here. So I came here as a preferred walk on. So, yes, even though it was back during the dinosaur ages, um, I have that same experience that those student athletes are, are having now. And I can tell you this, Chris and Jerry, they, they are really, really appreciative of what they have. Um, I've interviewed over 30 plus student athletes since I've been in this chair at Cavalier Futures and not one, I promise you, not one has said, how much money am I going to make? So that tells you the type of student athlete that we have here. Yeah, I, I, it would be uh, immeasurable to, to find out how many lives Doc McHugh touched uh, during his life lifespan he was an incredible guy including mine yes sir uh just yes, sir. um so you guys are not affiliated or with uva at all the athletic department or are you you're just in an independent agency right so we're an independent agency jerry and the way that the rules are now um you've got the state legislation and state rules and then you have the ncaa rules and what UVA has decided to do is to abide by the uh, NCAA rules, which means that they don't have an influence or a say so as it relates to NIL other than compliance. And so they have their own rules as it relates to the student athletes and what they can and cannot do. Um, and so really the only communication and the contact that we have with the uh, University of Virginia is from a compliance standpoint. So if it's a, a contract or a type of deal that we want to do, we make sure that we submit those contracts over to the compliance office to, to make sure we're on solid ground. But, uh, you know, our goal is and our hope is, is that, again, when the dust settles, there is true governance over this thing, whether it's uh, from a federal legislation or from the NCAA, that we will be standing uh, on solid ground and then the, you know, the university and the athletic department can embrace what we do. Um, I told somebody earlier today in um, a meeting 
that I've said to, to Carla, I said it to, to Tony Elliott and Tony Bennett, that our goal here at Cavalier Futures is that we want you to, to rest well at night. And we want you to rest well knowing that our engagement with the student athletes is going to be by the law. We're going to make sure that they're a student first and worry about the NIL piece. Um, we have some great individuals here, but I said your NIL is not worth anything if you don't handle your business on the court and in the classroom. And so, you know, if nothing else, we hope that with my um, equity in, in terms of the university, and if you read and look at my board and, and who the, the folks are on the board, they feel really good about who's representing Cavalier Futures. Low from the you, 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 Jerry mentioned earlier that you raised millions of dollars, helped raise millions of dollars for Virginia Athletics Foundation. Um, do you have internal goals uh, with Cavalier Futures for we want to sign X amount of dollars in contracts by you know certain date of six months from now, you know certain dates of five years from now, that kind of thing? Yeah, it's it's all fluid, um, quite honestly, because we don't know what the next six months is going to look like. So we're really in an education process or an education phase uh, right now. So we're educating the student athlete because they're still learning about NIL. Um, Altius Sports Partners is an independent company that the university hired to do that education process as well. We're educating donors um, who have self-identified and said, hey, what can we do to help? And then, you know, ultimately our corporate partners, I can't tell you how many businesses I've spoken to here in Charlottesville that said, oh, we can actually work with student athletes and, and they don't have a plan for it. So it truly is a game of patience in trying to educate and we're in for the long game. Um, I know there are other agencies here in town who have done some appearances and camps and clinics and all of that, which is fine, but that's not quite in the mode that we're doing. We want to be... Um, uh, more have more of a brand presence. We want to create more events surrounding opportunities to engage with our student athletes. And so when you think Cavalier Futures and you start to see some of the things that we're going to be putting out and some of the events that we're having, you're going to want to be a part of that. And, and I think Jerry got a taste of that when I used to do Herman's event here in Charlottesville. And you know, we always said that uh, it, it was nothing like it. And that's the effort and that's the energy and that's the type of events we want to be able to put in the Cavalier Futures. Yeah, I, I will remember those days. And uh, I, it was a, a great event for Charlottesville. I, I don't know that it was fully appreciated to the degree that it should have been because you you brought in uh, all kinds of pro football players. Uh, I know Barry Sanders was one. Uh, yes. They come in for a benefit uh, basketball game, and uh, you had Gus a, Perot from the Redskins at the time, and we, right. we had a ton of Herman's teammates. It, it it was a lot of fun, and and Jerry, even along those lines, what we're finding and again, I go back to my board when you have a Ralph Sampson and a Matt Schaub and you know Dana Boyle. These are individuals who are volunteering, and and in a sense, they're using their name, image, and likeness to support our current student athletes. And so we're excited about some of the things that we're gonna do with, with those individuals. And, you know, I, I'm telling you, when we, uh, when we unleash this, our, our fan base and, and people who wanna be connected to 
Cavalier Futures and our UVA stat, student athletes, we're, we're going to give them something that I think they'll enjoy and be appreciative of. UVA Orthopedics and Sports Medicine boast one of the finest teams of doctors in the country, and they're right here in Charlottesville to not only provide care for the University of Virginia athletic teams, but also the Charlottesville and Central Virginia communities. UVA Orthopedics has been a proud sponsor of the Jerry Ratcliffe Show for the past two years with numerous team members featured in weekly segments where doctors share great insight into various sports injuries, what causes them, how to treat them, and recovery time. Their team of experts are there for you and offer the best care to solve your health problems and get you back on your feet. Let their team of specialists get you back in the game. That's really cool and sounds exciting for the future. Yes, sir. Uh, from, from your perspective, you mentioned all the uh, possibilities out there of getting NIL conformed, I guess. Um, right. What What do you think it's going to take? I, do you think the NCAA has the manpower, the authority, et cetera, to get this under control? Or do you think it's going to take federal legislation, as you mentioned? Yeah, I, I'm a firm believer that it is going to take federal legislation and I think we all know how the government moves. So it's not going to happen tomorrow or six months from now. I'd be shocked if it did. But I, I think that in terms of creating enforceable uniformity, that's going to be the way that it goes. I don't think the NCAA has the bandwidth um, to, to do this and enforce it. And I, I can hear now lawsuits that are happening Um you know, you talk about the, I guess something came out a week ago. I got a, a call from one of my friends and said, how are you doing? I said, what do you mean? How are you doing? They said, well, the NCA just banned collectives. I'm like, oh, really? No, they, they haven't. So, I mean, it, it's, it's one of those things that if you read between the lines, I, I think the NCAA, while they're, trust me, they're, they're taking notes and they're, they're, you know, kind of laying in the weeds, if you will. But I think at the end of the day, when you have true uniformity, it's going to have to come through federal legislation. Yeah, I, I hope it comes sooner rather than later so we can avoid more uh, saving Fisher uh, battles out in public. But I'm, well, I'm the, sad, the sad part about it, Jerry, is that you think about those battles and you know the, the, the Miami guard getting X amount of dollars and, and you know, Texas A&M linemen getting this and Texas linemen getting that and Miami, you know, student athletes, it really sheds um, somewhat of a bad light on the great stories that are out there. So for the first time, our student athletes around the country can actually use their association with the teams that they play for to run their own camps. So you have, you know, a young lady who plays softball here at UVA in the past, they could never do instruction as X, you know, uh, shortstop for the University of Virginia. Now that student athlete has the ability to do that. So, you know, we think about millions of dollars and hundreds of thousands of dollars. It, it's more the exception than the rule. NIL money is far and few between in terms of significant dollars when you look at the entire landscape. Uh, you mentioned this earlier, and I read something about it uh, when a, uh, a, a really big-time prospect, football prospect, came here for a visit, and mm -hmm. somebody said that uh, after this kid had turned in an incredible track performance, 
this was somebody on a national level, uh, commented that his um, value, and they, they had a specific word for it, I can't recall what it was, uh, on the NIL market um, just jumped to like tripled or something like that. How, how do you determine, or is, is there something out there that you gauge it against the fair market yeah. for an athlete? Yeah, like, I mean, you, you there, there's there's tangible um, things that you can look at, right? I mean, if you look at uh, a student athlete that's here, and that's the way it should be, you literally you can't give a formula for a student athlete who is not enrolled in a university, right? So. I think what you can do once you have a current student athlete is you look at their um, sport, you look at their social media following, you look at their class, you look at all, you know, how they perform on the field. So I think there's tangible justification if we set a dollar amount for an appearance or an autograph or what have you. And so I think there's justification. You can't tell me that a five-star football player who has never taken a snap from center in a college football game is worth a half a million dollars. You can't tell me that. And, and you, and how people justify that, I don't know. Um, but I had an individual tell me this morning, I guess worth is all what you make it. So if I go and I see a rundown house and I'm willing to pay $8 million for it, I guess the house is worth $8 million. But then when you go back and you try to sell it and somebody say, I'll give you a hundred thousand for it. Now, you know, the house is probably worth a hundred thousand to everybody else. So it's, it's all in what you make it. And it truly is. I think for us, we keep talking internally about, um, and I hate to use this terminology, but pass the sniff test. Mm -hmm. um, it really has to pass the sniff test in terms of financial gain based on the services or the goods that you provide. And, and we're trying to do the best job that we can do because there's no real blueprint for that. Yeah, it's uh, you're right about that. I mean, there's no blueprint for anything out there at the moment. No. It doesn't seem like. Uh, Chris? A fear that I would have, Lo, if I was in the VAF, would be that the the people that I, I'm soliciting for for donations and donor, donor dollars are so important to the annual budgets for uh, college athletics programs might be the same people that are potentially going to be um, NIL people too. And that right. – if they give, you know, a certain amount of money towards NIL purposes, they may not have that money for the VAF. And then that might hurt their operations, which fund coaches' salaries, which help fund the scholarships and everything else. Is that is that a legitimate fear? And how, how do we deal with that if it is? So we're an and organization, not an or. And so, you know, especially coming from my background and my um, connection to the university. I know how important those dollars are to the VAF, to Carla and her group. And so, you know, our goal is, is and I've said, I said this when I, my last day of work, I said, I'm not out donor hunting, but also don't hold me at fault because there are going to be some that self-identify and there are individuals who just want to help. And for the first time, Legally, there are people who can do something to give back to student athletes directly. And I, I use this story and um, it is a very true story. People don't realize this. We have certain student athletes that the clothes that they wear are the team issued gear that they're given. We have student athletes who get their Pell Grant money. That money goes back home to mom and dad. 
So when you talk about the ability to have, if nothing else, some money in your pocket to go buy your own Nike sweatshirt or to go to a movie or to have dinner, that means a lot. So, you know, I think sometimes we have people who are critical of student athletes getting paid because they say, oh, they're getting their scholarship, so they should just be quiet. Well, I love my UVA degree, but if I'm laying in bed and I'm hungry or I can't go out with my friends who might not be athletes to dinner, how do you think emotionally that's going to hit me that, you know, people applaud me, thousands of people applaud me, maybe millions, but I don't have the money to go and do the things that I really want to do. So, you know, um, there are people who have identified to say, now I can help a program or a student athlete. Um, I think that NIL, especially here at UVA, um, with all of the things that we do, it's another piece to the puzzle that's going to enhance the the sports program here at UVA. And we think about um, the great coaches that are here at UVA. We think about Carla and how she's running the program. Now it's the time to get those kids, those those men and women that come through UVA for for visits that are saying, okay, I I, I like it here, but, well, we want to make sure that we are taking away the butts now. So when you talk about the facilities, when you talk about NIL, when you talk about coaches, when you talk about the program, we all should be working together to make sure that we provide absolutely the best experience and the best opportunities here at UVA. We've, we've lost too many really high profile student athletes who have come through here and have found a reason to leave versus finding the reasons to stay. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that at all. And uh, your story about uh, the kids deserving some, some kind of money. Um, I, I've always felt like they deserve more than what they used to get back in the day because I remember a story Danny Wilmer told me back in the 90s. Uh, he was one of the great recruiters for Virginia's football program for people out there that don't know Danny. Uh, he, uh, he said he recruited a kid from the state of Florida. I won't say his name, but he said he went to visit the kid at his home and uh, they had dirt floors. They didn't have a telephone. Uh, the kid came up here. He, he did sign with Virginia and went on and became a good player. Um, uh, came winter, he didn't have any winter clothes, didn't have a winter coat, couldn't afford them. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's beyond, it's, it's, it's great that they can go out with their friends and get a burger or see a movie or take a date out. But when it comes down to things like that, it's even more important where, you know, you can't even have a winter coat or uh, I think there's a couple of kids that needed to go to a funeral. They didn't have a suit of any kind. So uh, I think a lot of people don't understand that some of these kids come from backgrounds where uh, there just wasn't money available for the basic needs. Well, Jerry, I'll I'll tell you a quick story that that connects directly back to me and and obviously Herman and our, our lifelong friendship you know, her, I came from a very middle class uh, family. Herman came from, uh, uh, you know, the projects at Danville. And he wouldn't mind me saying this, where, you know, coming to Virginia was was culture shock. But I, I'll say this, when Herman would get his Pell Grant, I think it was like $1,500 a semester, you would have thought he hit the lottery. 
And the first thing that we would do when he got his Pell Grant was we'd go to Long John Silver's on 29. Yeah. And you would have thought it was a steak dinner, man. It was a treat. And so, you know, that's 35 years ago. And so I can only imagine what student athletes, especially with the pressure and the social media, and the, the image and all the things that you got to carry, you can, you can be forward facing and post everything on your, your Instagram. But if times are tough back home and times are tough while you're here at school and it's about finances, um, we don't know what those, those young people are going through. And not everybody's like that, but trust me, there, there are cases many, many situations like that. Yeah, I don't doubt that at all. Uh, it, it's amazing some of the backgrounds some of these kids have and, and go through entire their entire college career and people don't even know that, that they uh, right. were in that shape when they got here. Um, where do you see this thing going? It's uh, five years from now, assuming that things do get under control. Uh, I think you guys are doing it the right way and, and setting an example for other universities around the country. What do you, what do you want hope to, uh, where do you hope to be in five years from now? Yeah. So we, we talk about sustainability a lot and with our group and, you know, I think there's, there's been a lot of pressure to, you know, release what's happening behind the scenes and talk about your deals and talk about the student athletes you're working with. And for us, you know, it's all been calculated that when we do this, we want to do it right. We want to make sure that all of our paperwork is right and we want to make sure relationships are right. And so our goal is, is, is that five years from now, Jerry, NIL is not going away. It, it may look different. It's going to be managed differently, uh, but it's not going away. And so, again, I, I wouldn't have rolled the dice of leaving the position that I was in if I didn't think that I'd be sitting here talking to you and Chris five years from now and talking about the experience that we're having with Cavalier Futures and hopefully um, having the University of Virginia be able to, you know, embrace what we're doing and publicly embrace what we're doing. And so if we're in this position three to five years from now, then I think we've done something right. Um, in terms of what you see from the SEC and, you know, the arms race and all of that, Man, it's been going on forever. I don't see that changing. Um, as I say, as I say now, uh, the bag's on top of the table, right? It's it's not below the table anymore. <laughs> and so, it's all about how you um, play within the rules, play you know, play by the rules, and follow those rules. And again, UVA is just a different. It's a different breed and a different way of doing things. And and I feel very comfortable that five years from now we're going to have a lot to celebrate and a lot to talk about. I've been around college, been around college, college for a long, long time. And uh, I remember the jokes and I even knew a couple of people that, they, people called that they called bag men. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, That's right. It's, it's it, it would be nice to see everything like you say on top of the table. <laughs> for a Exactly. You know, it's it's like uh, it's like prohibition, I guess. Right. When when you legalize things, you know, you, you you're supposed to play by the rules. You don't feel like you're doing anything on the dark side. Now, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. But at the same time, I think when you have true governance and you have you know rules that carry severe penalties, then people are more likely to play in the, within the rules, especially the institutions. I, I think there are probably some institutions across the country that 
you know, if they close their eyes and stop their ears, they don't see everything that's going on, but they know it. Um, we're not like that at Virginia. I, I don't see that happening, whether Carla's here or, or the next athletic director or the next coach or what have you. We want to make sure that we uh, we do it the right way so that people can point back and say UVA is a model program. Yeah, you should be proud of that for sure. Uh, yes. Chris? I feel like I know a lot more, but I'm I'm with Low. Uh, the minutes have passed since we started this podcast. We we, we might be looking at our email soon and seeing new rules. So uh, we'll I know I will be. be. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I could say this, Chris, I mean we're very fortunate and blessed. So Brian Sokolow is on our advisory committee, and and Brian is one of the top attorneys in the country, and and certainly when it comes to sports, but he is really dialed into all things NIL. And he has been a huge resource um, to us in terms of keeping an eye on what's happening out there in the landscape. Very helpful. I mean, that, 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 the, the advisory board that you've, you guys have put together uh, is top notch, to say the least. And he, yes. he's, he's a big part of that. Yes. Yes, for sure. Since you and, since you and Herman are, are so close and have been since you were schoolmates, uh, what, what's he up to? You got an update on Herman? I, I saw him. I guess the last time I saw Herman was uh, maybe last summer when we did uh, interviews for the documentary about the 1990 season. And uh, that's right. We were both down in the Virginia locker room. <clears throat> How's he doing? Anything going on with him? I, I can beat him in a race now, Jerry. That's for sure. So, oh, yeah. How, uh, and now, how's that happening? <laughs> well, you know, when, when, when you mature, sometimes you tend to, you know, pack it on a little bit. So, I, <laughs> okay. I would tell you that uh, he can't run any routes on me that I can't defend right now. How about that? <laughs> okay. I like that. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. But, you know, Her, Herman, uh, Herman and I stay in touch. And obviously, uh, both from a business perspective and, and obviously from a friendship perspective. And he he's doing extremely well. He's got a lot of things going on in Michigan. He's actually, uh, he's built his own set at his office. And so he and Lomas Brown have uh, their own uh, streaming show where they do a lot of sports breakdowns, especially with the Lions. He's created his own brand with Lions Nation Unite and and so he's he's busy as ever. He doesn't have to be, but he he really is as busy as ever. And you know the thing about Herman is he's he's you know reconnected back to UVA. Um, you know he served on the VAF board. Uh, probably many many people don't know this, but at the uh, start of the pandemic, uh, Herman donated over three thousand masks to our student athletes. And so when you saw Bronco on the sideline with the mask and the V saber. Herman donated those. He donated PPE. He donated hand sanitizer. So he really um, helped the University of Virginia and, and really didn't want any credit for it. But uh, he's doing well. His wife, Angela, is uh, doing extremely well. She owns her own fitness center. I think she's got a PhD. She's got her own radio show. So she's now the more that's up here. He, he's just <laughs> behind the scenes working hard every day trying to keep up. Uh, one of the I'll tell him you said hello. Yeah, please do. One of the great individuals uh, that ever represented University of Virginia, for sure. Uh, <clears throat> he's a, a dynamic speaker, too, in case anybody yes. ever has an opportunity to, to hear him. So, Well, he just spoke to the comm school, uh, Doug Dunkel's class. Uh, Doug's an adjunct professor at the comm school, and Herman spoke there about a month, a month and a half ago. And, you know, one of the things that he said in his speech was that he felt um, – 
really excited that these students recognized him for his business acumen as opposed to what he did on the football field. So uh, obviously these kids weren't even born when he was playing. So, so they probably don't even know who he is anyway. <laughs> Good point. Yes. Thanks for that update. Uh, I've, I've always really enjoyed Herman uh, for sure. Um, Absolutely. You got anything else, Chris? No, I think, uh, you know, thanks, thanks to Lowe for, uh, for walking us through so much and our listeners as well. I think a lot of people will feel like they've learned a lot from, from this uh, podcast. Yeah, I've uh, received a, a, a one-hour education here on the NIL that uh, it gave me more insight than I've been able to accumulate uh, in all the hours leading up to this. So <laughs> I'm uh, grateful for uh, you sharing your insight, Lowe, and your expertise and uh, – we love you, man. We appreciate you, and uh, thank you, thank you for your time. No, thank you, guys, and Jerry. I've known you for a long time, man, and you, you've been so supportive of everything that we've done, and and I appreciate you and and you're a legend here, my man. And Chris, thank you as well. Well, thanks, Lo, and for our listeners out there, everyone have a great day. <laughs>